When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Last week, we heard the story of Jesus's baptism in the River Jordan, a story which our gospel this morning alludes to, that event that launches Jesus's public ministry of teaching and healing, feeding and forgiving. And today we hear what happens next, how two of John's disciples come to follow Jesus instead. It's another story of new beginnings, a story that seems just right at the beginning of this new year, a story of how Jesus gains his first disciples and how these men gain a new teacher. Disciple is one of those words, one of those churchy words that I think we don't always know what we mean by it. In church, we generally use it to describe anyone who's trying to live the Christian life, anyone who's seeking to follow Jesus. But in the ancient world, disciple meant something much more specific and particular. It meant a student that had come to study with a particular teacher for a time. Now, this is the 910 service, and so I know we have some students in the room, and we have some former students in the room. And I think that we think we know what it means to be a student. We think of going to school, to a place outside of our home, for a set number of hours each week to be given information by an expert who will then evaluate us on whether we have, in fact, received that information. That is student in our world. But as a wise man once noted, the past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. That's not how discipleship, that's not what studenthood looked like in the ancient world. It wasn't about going somewhere for a few hours each week to learn from an expert. It was about dropping everything to go live with that teacher, to immerse yourself in that teacher's life. And it wasn't even primarily about gaining information so much as it was about becoming like the teacher. So it's a really big deal when these disciples who have been disciples of John decide instead to be disciples of Jesus. It's a big deal when they go to him and they ask him, Rabbi, where are you saying? Because what they are saying is, can we be your disciples? Can we spend our time with you? Can we come to live and to learn from you? Can we immerse our lives in yours? And Jesus, Jesus says to them, as he has said through the ages and says even this day, come and see. Come and see dwell with me, be with me, learn from me, learn to live and to love like me, immerse your life in mine, 
that you might learn to see like I do and to live like I do and to love like I do, that you might go out into the world and be a blessing as I am. This weekend, our country pauses to remember the great man, Martin Luther King Jr. And out in our world, we remember him as a great secular saint of equal justice and of nonviolent social action. But we who gather this day in the church remember that he was who he was and he did what he did because he was a disciple of Jesus Christ, a student of Jesus Christ. And in saying that King was a disciple, it's not that we're saying he was a perfect man. He wasn't. None of us is. And as we have come to know more about his life, we've learned more and more about his feet of clay. But King was able to do what he did, had the vision and the courage that he had because he was a student of Jesus Christ and for no other reason because he had immersed himself in Jesus's life, had come to see the world through Jesus's eyes and to love the world as much as Jesus did, King saw and wanted others to see what Jesus did, that human beings are made in the image and likeness of God, each and every one of us, a precious child of God. That because that's true, we have an inherent dignity that no one can ever take away. And that God longs, burns, will not rest until he sees all of his children alive and well, fully flourishing and full of hope. Even in the face of great hatred, even knowing that his life would be on the line, King didn't back down from that truth. He pressed on, confident in the truth of Easter. He knew that there wasn't anything that could happen that could separate him from the God of justice and love who was making all things new. He knew that sin and death, hatred and injustice had nothing on God. And so he risked his life. He went all in. He immersed himself in the life of the world that the world that is so upside down might be turned right side up and made new in the love and light of God, because he knew that God's justice was stronger than our injustice. He knew that God's light would burn through the night of our sorrow. He knew that God's love and that God's life were stronger than death. He knew it because he was a disciple, because he was a student of Jesus. Friends, you and I have spent this year talking about beloved community and what can happen when we, like king and like saints through the ages, have dared to come to live out our faith visibly, tangibly, publicly, and in ways that lift one another up. And as part of that, we've had the courage as a parish to spend time this year coming to a deeper appreciation of our own complicity in the sins of slavery and the slave trade, of racism and injustice that are so part of our nation's life, our city's life, our church's life, our life. Like 
saints through the ages, we've had the courage to tell the truth. But the point of it all, the point of it all is not to wallow. It's not to wallow in our guilt. It wasn't simply to confess our sins. The point of it all was to get moving. As disciples, as students of Jesus, the point always was and always has been and always will be to so immerse ourselves in Jesus' vision of the world that we too might go through those doors and turn this upside down world right side up, just like Andrew and Peter and all the rest of the disciples did, just like Martin did, just like saints through the ages always have. Being a disciple, a student of Jesus, doesn't just mean coming in here for an hour of respite each week. It means learning to immerse ourselves in Jesus, meeting him in the words of scripture and in bread and wine broken open for us, immersing ourselves in his life that we would come to see and to live and to love like him so that when we leave this place, our lives would be a blessing to this hurting and broken world. That's the adventure of Christian discipleship. That's the invitation Jesus extends to you and to me even this day. Come, come and see. Come and see a love that will never end. Come and see the difference that love can make in you, for you, through you, for the world. Friends, come and see and be changed.